if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. And a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning, the 17th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. It is Constitution Day in the United States of America, a very important day that is often very overlooked. We are going to have a little bit of a history lesson. Thanks to our friend Bill Federer, uh, historian and best-selling author, uh, who uh, brings you the American Minute on a daily basis, if you subscribe to it today. It was all about Constitution Day. I'm going to share that with you coming up a little bit later in the program. Also on the program today, Peter Kersenow. How about that? Constitution Day and Kersenow Day on the same day. It doesn't get much better than that, so I'm very much looking forward to talking to my friend Peter Kersenow, who will, of course, appear with me on stage on November 21st at the Holiday Inn on Rockside in Independence, along with Hugh Hewitt and Dr. Sebastian Gorka for the War for America's Soul Tour. Make sure you get your tickets now at whkradio.com. All right. Um, a lot of uh, important stuff that we're going to talk about with Peter in a bit, but I need to dive into it not right. Uh, dive into it right now. I- I'm just going to say this directly to the mainstream media, the lying fake news media, <clears throat> and to the reprehensible, evil, demonic Democrats who are trying to continue to destroy Donald Trump by way of destroying Brett Kavanaugh. And when I say demonic Democrats, we, of course, can just shorten that for the sake of brevity to demon rats. So the demon rats are trying to destroy our president, shocker, spoiler alert, by trying, at least in this particular instance, as they did one year ago, by destroying his um, his uh, uh, Supreme Court justice nominee, who then became confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. And, of course, I speak of Brett Kavanaugh. This reprehensible story in the New York Times, which was promoting and was an excerpt of a reprehensible book by a couple of New York Times writers, trying to once again reopen the case for litigation that Brett Kavanaugh back in his college days was a sex offender, was an organizer of gang gang rape parties, and much, much worse than that. Seriously, he was the devil incarnate. Um, Never mind the fact that all of these allegations were ferreted out a year ago, never mind the fact that they were investigated 
by congressional committees. They were investigated by the FBI and found to be wholly uncorroborated. In other words, fabricated, made up, not true. Zero evidence to prove truth. Lots of evidence to prove false. So this was done. And yet here they come again, trying to sell a book and trying to reopen this case, saying that there's new evidence. There's a new allegation and new evidence of of, uh, uh, corroboration of some of the old allegations. And that, of course, has led the demon rats who are trying to defeat Donald Trump, talking about the 2020 cesspool of candidates, have all doubled and now tripled down on the impeachment, not just of Donald Trump, whom none of them are confident that they can beat in the 2020 election, but also the impeachment of Brett Kavanaugh, which will allow them to then blame Trump for not having thoroughly vetted his own Supreme Court pick, making him unfit for office for another four years. Understand this. The the primary target here is not Kavanaugh. The primary target here is Trump. Actually, I'll back off of that. There are two primary targets here. The first primary target is Donald Trump. If we can take Brett Kavanaugh apart, prove that he is some evil, demonic, uh, you know, sex uh, um, uh, predator, sexual predator, sex offender, and so on and so forth, or at least was in his college days, we can thus prove that Donald Trump isn't fit to pack the court. Not pack. That's what they want to do: pack the court. But to uh, uh, to nominate. Uh, replacements to the Supreme Court should vacancies become available to nominate justices. He can't do that. So so target number one is Donald Trump. Target number two, as we discussed yesterday and have discussed on a regular basis, is Roe versus Wade. The most important thing for so many of these demon rats is their sacred cow, the untouchable Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision. This is this is just this is end game for them. And they think that Kavanaugh is a threat to Roe. Anybody that's a threat to Roe must be destroyed. So there's two targets here, Trump and Roe versus Wade via Kavanaugh. And that's why everyone in the cesspool thus far, except for, I think, Biden, I haven't heard Biden's voice attached to any of the montages of Democrats uh, in the cesspool calling for the impeachment of Brett Kavanaugh. But the rest of them are very, being very loud and clear about Saying that. sexual predators do not deserve a seat on the nation's highest court. And Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation process set a dangerous precedent. We must demand justice for survivors and hold Kavanaugh accountable for his actions. Chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, Lindsey Graham, made it clear he opposes it, tweeting this bluntly. If Nadler isn't willing to go there, no one should go there. And fellow member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Tom Tillis, had this say american people are tired of it you even have house democrats wondering whether or not they should go anywhere with this new story the facts do not substantiate the allegations and they need to move on as for the times glaring correction and omitting that the alleged victim in their story does not remember the incident in the allegations i will stop it there because i want to get into that and and as to the times and their admission of their glaring omission their admission of their glaring omission Their omission, as we covered extensively on yesterday's show, is the fact that in the article they ran over the weekend promoting the book, they ran this in the op-ed section, of course, uh, in the book that they are promoting for their writers, they did not point out the fact that the alleged victim in this new allegation 
would not be interviewed on the matter, and her friends who would be interviewed declared that she remembers nothing like this ever happening. That's kind of important to the story, which is what makes the entire story so much hogwash, which brings us to the authors of the story. How could you possibly have done this? How could you run that piece in the New York Times promoting your book, but without including that part of the story, which was in your book? And the answer to that question, according to them, is not our fault. It was the editors. They are blaming the editors. Robin Pogrebin, if I'm saying her name right, and Kate Kelly blamed the editors, saying, we didn't know they were going to do that. We, But yet they also signed off on it. They signed off on an inaccurately edited version, excerpt of their book, and then all day long on Sunday and yesterday said nothing about it. Didn't say, whoa, by the way, they ran a piece here. We didn't realize until maybe we read it in the physical paper. But they ran a piece here about our new book about Brett Kavanaugh and allegations and did not put in this part. We don't have anything to uh, any, any uh, not witness, any um, victim here that we can say we talked to about this because the victim in this allegation against Kavanaugh um, does not remember it, according to her friends, and she won't be interviewed about it. She doesn't remember. It's, it's very important information. In fact, the reason it's so, how important is it? It's so important that without it, the story is very damning to Kavanaugh. With it, the story is invisible, gone, done. They know that, which is why don't believe the writers. Don't believe them when they say it was just our editor's decision, because again, they signed off on that version of the article being run in the newspaper, of the op-ed being run. So they may have known that, yes, it was really important for them to put that in, but they didn't complain about it when they didn't. They only complained about it when Molly Hemingway blew the lid off of it in a tweet storm on Sunday, pointing out the journalistic malpractice that was uh, that was conducted here. It is so important. I don't want this to sound like I'm beating a dead horse for the second straight day, but friends, this must be pounded into our brains it really does because this is what we're up against this is 2020 in a nutshell here the media and the democrats and i know i am essentially repeating myself there that's what peter is fond of saying talk to him later because the media is the democrats the democrats are the media but what they are doing here literally is saying they will stop at nothing include outright including outright fabrications outright lies about President Trump, about President Trump's appointees, about President Trump's family, President Trump's cabinet, (laughs) President Trump's friends, anybody that they have to take down in order to take down Trump, they will. That's how important this is. Kamala Harris has doubled down. She has declared the allegations against Donald, or I mean against Brett Kavanaugh, despite a full and complete lack of actual eyewitnesses or victims' statements. She says they are credible. She went on MSNBC last night and said that the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh was a sham process, saying she wasn't given all the information at the time she was the, at the time that was available. Then she praised the liar. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, 
She said Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who literally had nothing to gain by coming forward, nothing to gain, she had a perfect life, and she looked at the fact that this guy was going to be nominated and said the American people had the right to know what I know, and she was treated like a criminal, period, end quote. Well, Cammy, she is a criminal. She perjured herself before the Congress while under oath. She is a criminal. Because nothing that she said, repeat, nothing that Christine Blase Ford said was accurate or corroborated. Virtually everything that she said contradicted things that, that she had also said. She couldn't remember time, place, date, faces, people she was with, how she got home. Nothing she said smacked of truth. Nothing for hours and hours. And oh, by the way, au contraire, she did have something to gain by coming forward. Her lawyer, Deborah Katz, admitted it last week. She had saving Roe versus Wade to gain. That's what her motivation was. The same motivation of feminists like Katz. The same motivation of all of the would-be baby killers in the Demon Rat Party. Saving Roe versus Wade. That's what it was all about for her. All right, we have just myriad evidence here of and, and very important um, uh, observations and analysis to offer here. And we're going to narrow this down. We're going to really, really get to the nuts and bolts of everything that is being said about Brett Kavanaugh in this new book, everything that was said about him in that New York Times article that has just launched and touched off this latest round of witch hunting against a President Trump nominee. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, I shouldn't even say a President Trump nominee was. A year ago, he was the nominee. Now he's a sitting Supreme Court justice, and they want to move with these ridiculous impeachment proceedings. So we're going to share all of that with you as we continue. It's 920, the Bob France Authority on AM 14. 20 the answer whkradio.com is where to find the bob france authority podcast Nine twenty-five. Now the Bob France Authority. I want to share a little bit of more of this information with you again. I uh, uh, apologize for the repetition of this, but I think it does need to be repeated. And we do have new information here that we want to share as well. There's a great piece by David French in the National Review. And now David French, it should be known, and you probably remember, is a never Trumper. Does not like Donald Trump. Uh, helped organize the National Review online uh, opposition to Trump uh, in 2016, but. And he knows that the left is trying to hurt Donald Trump here, so you would think that he might either join them or be quiet about this instead. This is too important. He knows that as well. And he wrote a piece for the National Review. Headline, no, Brett Kavanaugh has not been credibly accused. Yesterday, the Kavanaugh wars erupted again thanks to a since-revised essay in the Times purported to bring forward a new allegation against Kavanaugh. According to the original story, a classmate named, named Max Steyer claims he saw friends push Kavanaugh's uh, genitalia into the hands of a female student. The account is incredibly strange on its own term. Friends were handling a man's genitalia. But then there was this editor's note added to the end. Hours after the story had rocketed around the Internet and led to calls from the demon rats for impeachment of Kavanaugh. 
An earlier version of this article, which was adapted from a forthcoming book, did not include one element of the book's account regarding an assertion by a Yale classmate that Kavanaugh put his genitals into the hand of a female student at a drunken dorm party. The book reports that the female student declined to be interviewed, and her friends say she does not recall the incident. That information has been added to the article. That, friends, is a serious omission, French writes. But it didn't stop a number of powerful Democrats, including Warren, Harris, and Sanders, three of the frontrunners for the nomination for the Democrats, from calling for Kavanaugh's impeachment. Bernie Sanders' statement is worth a bit of attention. He uses a word, credible, that's important to address. In fact, when progressives speak about Kavanaugh, they commonly claim that he has been, quote, credibly accused of sexual assault. For example, here's the New Yorker's Jeffrey Tubin. It's a phrase without any real legal meaning. Credible is not the standard of proof in court. But to the extent that it means anything at all, it should not apply to any of the claims against Kavanaugh. Imagine for a moment that you're a lawyer investigating whether to take a case. Christine Blasey Ford has been in your office and told you a heart-rending tale of high school attack. But you do due diligence before taking a case, so you ask an associate to investigate. And when he does, what he finds does not support any single element of her story. Not one of the witnesses she puts forward backs her account. Her own friend says she doesn't have any confidence in Ford's story. Ford herself is offered differing accounts of her age at the time of the attack. Her therapist's notes contain a substantially different version of the story. She won't release the complete set of therapist notes, and she won't release the complete results of a polygraph she took. She scrubbed her social media past, but she's apparently extremely partisan and seems to have an ideological motivation for coming forward to help preserve Roe versus Wade. Before I transitioned, writes French, full-time to constitutional litigation, I worked on a number of sexual harassment cases, including cases that included claims of sex assault. I never saw in court a case as weak as Christine Blasey Ford's. To simply say that there was no corroborating evidence overstates the strength of her claim. Virtually every single piece of additional evidence undercuts her case. Deborah Ramirez's claim that Kavanaugh exposed himself to her is even weaker. At least Ford can present a clear narrative. Ramirez confessed to drinking heavily at the alleged event. She's confessed to memory gaps. She told friends she wasn't even sure that it was Kavanaugh who exposed himself. She wasn't comfortable coming forward until spending six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney. And no one has been able to independently confirm that Kavanaugh was even at the alleged party. In fact, some of the witnesses contradict Ramirez's story outright. The Times... S.A. claims that seven people heard about the alleged incident, but this is an extraordinarily vague claim. Still no corroborating eyewitness testimony. Claims against public figures, such as Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Rory Moore, and many, many, many others, feature a considerable amount of contemporaneous corroborating evidence. Other people will state the victim specifically told them about the incident when it occurred. There will at least be evidence the accuser and the accused were together at the dates and times specified. It's important to remember that hashtag believe women is a slogan, not an evidentiary standard. We should hear all accusers and carefully consider their claims. But before we judge claims credible, shouldn't there at least be some meaningful supporting evidence? And is a word such as credible appropriate when the additional available additional evidence fundamentally contradicts the accusations? That's a piece, a part of the piece by uh, a David French for National Review today. It's important. It's excellent, and it's accurate. 
Brett Kavanaugh has not even been not not only not been credibly accused, he has been falsely accused according to the only evidence that has been presented. It undercuts the accusers' stories. Got more, and I want your reaction at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five right after this. All right, it's 936, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We have new news to report to you on this Kavanaugh story, which continues to grip Washington, D.C., and almost the entirety of the media. One of the authors of the book, and uh, thus the excerpt that ran in the New York Times, accusing Brett Kavanaugh of a new allegation, making a new allegation that there was another woman who um, uh, was, quote-unquote, victimized by Brett Kavanaugh for exposing himself and either himself or his friends pushing. You know, it's funny. Everybody keeps talking about this. What are they saying? How can somebody, are they saying that that his friends, his male friends, were holding his uh, genitalia and pushing it into a girl's hand? How does that work? Nobody, I, I've not seen anything, any allegations of them grabbing his stuff and and trying to push it toward a girl's hand but they said he was pushed meaning probably from behind if the allegation they're trying to make is that um he exposed himself and his friends pushed his junk toward her it would probably be from behind as in pushing him uh, as he stood there and then his uh, stuff moving forward but at any rate there is no victim here because the victim has refused to uh, be interviewed for this matter, and his her, the victim's friends say she doesn't remember anything at all. Well, here's the new breaking news. Just saw this from um, Katie Pavlich's Twitter account, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter because I'm retweeting these things at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. But Katie Pavlich's uh, Twitter account says that the new allegation from one of the writers, is that the girl may have been too drunk to remember that somebody shoved his genitalia toward or into her hand. Wait, what? That's the new corroborating evidence? That the quote-unquote victim was too drunk to remember it? If she was too drunk, drunk to remember it, and says she doesn't remember it, and there were no actual eyewitnesses, and the only quote-unquote semblance of an eyewitness is a former Clinton lawyer who defended Bill Clinton in his impeachment proceedings against the Starr investigation on which Brett Kavanaugh worked. They were literally on the exact opposite sides of one of the most monumental um, presidential scandals in history. Brett Kavanaugh worked for Ken Starr in the Starr report that was uh, was was completed, which ultimately ended in Bill Clinton's impeachment. And one of Bill Clinton's impeachment attorneys was Max Steyer, now making this accusation. No, no conflict of interest there at all. But this man didn't even claim that he saw it, but he was told that this happened. So we're talking about double hearsay, a witness that doesn't remember anything, possibly because she was too drunk to remember anything. Tell me exactly how long that this would go in a court of law before the judge would slam a gavel and say, case dismissed. This is ridiculous. Do you know, did you know, that the Washington Post had all of this information a year ago? 
And even the Washington Post, which is just as bad, if not worse, than the New York Times, when it comes to its fake news presentation and its destroy Trump at all costs mindset and philosophy, the Washington Post wouldn't run it. Why? Because they said it, they, they was, it was so weak. The case was so weak. This allegation of this unnamed and unwilling and doesn't remember anything witness had nothing to it that even the Post wouldn't run it. But here comes the New York Times one year later. We'll do it. Two of our writers wrote a book. We'll do it. It is simply incredible. Meanwhile, in the House of Representatives, one of the squids, you know, AOC, Alexandria Damasio cortez Jihad Omar, Sharia Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley. Representative Ayanna Presley, one of the squids, says she will introduce a House resolution today calling for an impeachment inquiry into Supreme Court uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Quote, sexual predators do not deserve a seat on the nation's highest court, and Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation process set a dangerous precedent. Well, on that we agree. On that we agree. Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation process did set a dangerous precedent. The precedent is that future nominees will decline the nominations because they don't want to be put through the unholy uh, witch hunts that were conducted against Brett Kavanaugh. We must demand justice, says Squid member Presley, for survivors and hold Kavanaugh accountable for his actions. There's no complaining witness, but she's talking about we must demand justice for this non-complaining witness, or excuse me, victim. No complaining victim. And hold Kavanaugh accountable for his actions. His actions for which there is zero evidence. His actions for which there is a multitude of evidence that he did not commit. Simply hysterical. She also said, did Squid member Presley, who might be dumber than AOC, maybe, And with a line like this, it's not far off. Quote, I believe Christine Blasey Ford. I believe Deborah Ramirez. It is our responsibility to collectively affirm the dignity and humanity of survivors. What about the dignity and humanity of liars? What about the dignity and humanity of people whose sole mission is to destroy a man's character, career, and reputation all for the purpose of preserving the right to kill babies? You feel pretty good about standing up for that, Squid? I wouldn't think so. That is the real reason for the Kavanaugh smear. You know this, right? As I've stated in the open... There are two targets here. One is Donald Trump. The other is Roe versus Wade. Destroy Donald Trump to save Roe versus Wade. Destroy Donald Trump by destroying Brett Kavanaugh, which thus saves Roe versus Wade. Kyle Smith writing for NRO. This is a perfectly, or excuse me, there is a perfectly legitimate and constitutional means for removing Kavanaugh from the high court. It's called impeachment. Will the Democrats try that? No, because they know that the composition of the House and Senate, each of whose members is responsive to signals sent by his or her constituents, would prevent any such effort from advancing. Representative democracy, in other words, is what got us Kavanaugh. And that is what will keep Kavanaugh on the court indefinitely. The Democrats and the media seek to undermine that. Roe is for them a decision far too important to be left to the voters. 
Now, he was wrong, Kyle Smith was, about part of that, because Ayanna Presley, as I just noted, has uh, said she will introduce uh, in articles for an impeachment inquiry uh, this morning. But the whole agenda here of the Demon Rat Party is to de- delegitimize Brett Kavanaugh and hence any Supreme Court decision in which he joins a 5-4 to four majority. The ground is being laid to make the case that should Roe v. overturn in a 5-4 vote, that decision would exist under a cloud. And that cloud would be Brett Kavanaugh. It's a desperation move. The Democrats and their media allies, they are one and the same. The Times, the New Yorker, very much included, are envisioning some extra legal or extra constitutional maneuvers to stop Roe from being overturned by delegitimizing one of the justices that might join that majority. And then again, the side benefit for them is if Brett Kavanaugh is destroyed, Donald Trump is destroyed because then that becomes a massive, massive campaign talking point for 2020 how can we vote for donald trump and trust him with making supreme court appointments for the next four years look at who he chose a man who was impeached because he was a sex predator this is what they're willing to do and you wonder why we call them demon rats jeff is in beachwood jeff thanks for your patience we're on your 1420 the answer go right ahead yeah bob you know, we have to frame this in the total picture of what's going on. The rule of law, reason, truth, is not anything that the Democrats care about. And it's obvious. All the things you're saying are 100% true, but it's obvious. And we have to speak out the fact that what they're trying to do and what they are doing is basically throwing out the Constitution, throwing out Western civilization, and just say, we have this new morality, and if you don't follow it, then you're, you're a enemy and we got to destroy you whichever way you can it's time the republicans started doing what they're doing to us i'll give you one example of what we could do immediately my question where are these liberal justices that sit next to uh, kavanaugh and are saying nothing i want to know are they uh, i forget their names now uh Sotomayor and um, yeah, um, yeah Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan. Yeah, I yeah. want to hear them say that they agree with what the Democrats are doing and they're willing to denounce Justice Kavanaugh, or are they willing to say that this is not fair, this is not by law, this is incorrect? We got to put them on the spot. They're always putting Trump on the spot and say, "Do you support these uh, extremists on the right? Do you expect you know?" We have to start doing putting them on the spot. We're playing defense all the time, explaining away. They accused the president, and it was proven that without a shadow of a doubt that it was an illegal and incorrect uh, accusation, right? And they walk away, and we're not, not one Republican is getting up and saying what an unbelievable, terrible thing that was, and what they've done to our country and what they're doing to our law. It's like the justices are probably not going to speak out, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, uh, and thanks for the call. The justices are not going to speak out, probably, because they rarely do, uh, especially on matters that they are not uh, a part of. In other words, if it's not a case being argued before them, they're not going to argue, uh, make an argument one way or the other. They are just going to let it play out, even if it does involve one of theirs. But the only thing I can recall uh, them making a statement about outside of an opinion is when Justice John Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, last year, told Donald Trump and responded to Donald Trump rather uh, by saying there's no such thing as Obama justices or Bush justices or whatever, which, by the way, is complete hogwash. There's a reason why we have these fights, and there's a reason why every single um, federal uh, judge that 
uh, enjoins a, uh, a policy of Trump's and tries to stop a Trump policy from being enacted uh, during a lawsuit, every single one of them is an Obama appointee because they're liberal and they're activist instead of being constitutional and being originalist. There is a huge difference, and that's the only time I've really heard a Supreme Court justice make a statement anything close uh, to politics. Uh, so they're probably not going to say anything, although I'm with you. I wish they would. Uh, James is in uh, Lorain County somewhere on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, James. Yeah, hi, Bob. Hey, I did hear something on uh, Fox last night about a comment from one of the justices about Brett Kavanaugh. And he, he was uh, a good and decent man. And it was from the uh, justice, uh, what's the oldest woman that's on there? Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg? <laughs> Right, right, her. And uh, they showed a quote from her making a comment about him since he's been on the court. Yeah, I saw that, too, but that was that was a few months ago, and they just kind of rehashed oh. that. It wasn't since these new allegations. Um, it was during a period of relative calm on the court, and it was just a comment that she made in an interview that she had done. I think it was for a book or maybe for that biopic, that movie of hers. But anyway, she was doing an interview, and it was just a sure. general comment on the, that he is a, he's a good and decent man based on what she has experienced well, like with to, him. But I'd there's like nothing to say something this. about in celebration of the Constitution today. Uh, well, James, James, I'm going to talk 17. about that in the next hour. I'm going to, I've, I've, I, as I, I mentioned in the open, I'm going to talk about Constitution Day next hour. I don't have time to hit that right yeah. now, but please be listening because I do have a lot that I am going to say on that uh, after I talk to Peter Kersenow. Thank you, my friend. Uh, let's go to David in Lagrange. Hi, David. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, where is this woman at that the New York Times claimed this happened to? Why isn't she speaking out? Because she said, because her friends say she doesn't remember anything. She doesn't have anything to say because she remembers nothing like this happening. But if somebody was throwing your name out there, wouldn't you be pretty mad if you were dragged into some kind of fake story? Well, they're not. They're not throwing her name out. That's the point. We, we have no idea who she is because the, the uh, authors are not naming her because she would not come forward. She did not want to be interviewed for it. So they're not naming her. She is just essentially Jane Doe. You know, you got a question, does she even exist? That, that's a very fair question, too. I, I would probably suggest that she does, only because the part that they are willing to admit to is that she has friends who have said that she doesn't remember anything like this happening. So, and that's pretty damning. It kind of undercuts their entire allegation. But, uh, you know, but they have not identified her by name because she doesn't want to make, she has not made a complaint. She is not willing to be interviewed. She is not willing to allege or charge or anything else like that or sue or, or anything. And the reason why, according to the friends, uh, her friends is because she doesn't remember anything. And so she's got nothing to say. Yeah, who who are the friends? And I think this is all showing that the Democrat Party they're they're desperate. I think they're in danger of probably even losing their base. Well, I don't think they'll ever lose their real base, uh, but they are desperate. You're hundred percent right. Look, they know, I, and I've said this before, and I and I hate the dead horse here, but I'm going to say it again. They cannot beat Donald Trump. I do not believe at the ballot box in 2020. The only hope they have is to destroy him, either get him impeached, which is why Nadler is doing what he's doing, or move to get his Supreme Court justice impeached, thus making Trump look incompetent in 2020. How can you trust this guy to make another Supreme Court pick? Look at what happened to his last one. Uh, he was a sex predator, etc. Those are desperate moves because they, they know that under the current circumstances, they cannot beat him. And 
and desperation is uh, is really all they have left. Uh, thanks for the call, my friend. Nine fifty two. Right back after this. So the latest defense is the accuser, who isn't even accusing, <laughs> was too drunk to remember anything. <laughs> That's quality. That's quality eyewitness reporting or eyewitness uh, accusing there. Uh, I was too drunk. Well, it, it, she's not even claiming that she was too drunk. That's the hilarious part. She's saying, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything they're talking about. I don't remember anybody having their junk thrown at me or forced toward my hand or anything else. I don't know what they're talking about. And now the media and the authors of that book are saying, well, that's because you were drunk. You were too drunk to remember what was happening to you. But but we remember, well, not us, but the eyewitnesses who told, well, not them because there weren't any eyewitnesses, but other people who were told second and third hand that this may have happened, they We'll we'll, we'll remember. You were too drunk. Oh, so I was too drunk to remember that this happened. Okay. I mean, this is comical. Well, it would be comical if it weren't so serious. A man's career is on the line. The Supreme Court of the United States, its integrity is on the line. This is incredible. Ed in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience, Ed. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Uh, just Good a couple morning. questions. Uh, one would be, uh, you know, they've tried all this before with Kavanaugh, and it didn't work, and they're using a batch of uh, garbage from, you know, like you had said, it's old news. Uh, but Kavanaugh, didn't he have a chance to vote, and he had already voted on their side? I found that curious, you know, why they're going through so much energy with something that's obviously not going to work to get rid of a guy who's, who has voted in their favor. And then the other thing I'm on wondering On certain is, things, on certain things. But the belief is, as you know, um, that because he has expressed in his, in his past, um, you know, uh, the, his opposition to Roe versus Wade. He is pro, he's pro-life. And so they believe that, you know, sac- they would sacrifice some of the things that he has voted yeah, with I, the liberals and the, on the court so far. They would sacrifice those things, uh, well, in order to make sure that, that he doesn't get to vote on Roe versus Wade. That's that's what he supported. I don't wish I could remember exactly what it was, but he voted with them on Roe versus Wade, versus Wade issue. But the other thing I'm wondering is, with with Trump, they're trying to impeach him. Okay, so mm-hmm. if uh, if a president's under impeachment, is he allowed to uh, still suggest a new guy to the court, say they get rid of Kavanaugh or Bader Ginsburg's battery dies and she finally goes off the court? Is uh. To Is my knowledge, done? yes, he could still make the appointment, but that they would, of course, uh, you know, throw throw a hissy fit over that, saying in the same way that um, Mitch McConnell would not allow Merrick Garland to have confirmation hearings in the last several months of the Obama presidency, saying, "Look, people are about to vote right now about who they want to uh, take over this country, and they sh- that new person should make this decision." Um, you know, the winner of the election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So they freaked out over uh, Mitch McConnell not allowing Merrick Garland to have a hearing because the power was about to change. So their argument would be, 
hey, he's about to be impeached, so we're about to have the decision as to whether or not he even gets to keep his office. He should not be making Supreme Court appointments in that period of time. That will be their argument. Uh, but to my understanding, yes, he would still be, because he would only be in the impeachment process. He will not have been, first of all, impeached, then tried in the Senate, and then removed from office. As such, he would maintain his executive presidential powers to, to appoint a new Supreme Court justice. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Stay where you are. Peter Kirsten, I was